to end if love remains a unique show spotlighting people ideas science culture and art your host mike lovett, mike lovett. yes rachel this is mike lovett i am your host and this is your podcast in the sky and if love remains and uh, we have a very special guest on today i'm very excited to have on heather mitchell um, Heather is a life coach, a nutritional coach. She's also um, the host of the Healthy Family Rules podcast. Um, and uh, she's got all kinds of fun things that, that are going around and, and we're going to talk about a little bit. But, but first, I just want to introduce Heather to, every, to the world and to my audience and, and say hello, Heather. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. You're correct about all of that. I have a podcast called Healthy Families Rule and I am a life and a health coach. Fantastic. That's yeah. I'm glad I got that right. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> right on. Well, it's really good to have you on, and, and it's really funny. Um, uh, you know, it, we uh, I, I saw you you put a post on on Facebook a while back, and you're you're asking people, you know, just you know, as a as a quote content creator, you're always kind of searching for the next angle and and trying to see you know what what's the next thing that 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 you want to talk about. And so you put kind of put out there to your audience of of you know what what should I talk about next? And and I said, well, why don't you why don't we have a podcast about how to find content for podcasts? And, yeah, exactly. And you agreed. So, <laughs> so yes. here we are. <laughs> yes, because sometimes you you know how it could be. Maybe you don't, but where where the week's coming, like I still have my my podcast goes out tomorrow, and I okay. still have not recorded a podcast. So the way my brain works is I just I have to kind of look at a bunch of different topics and then I can talk on one for a while. And then That's I, one. it takes me about an hour from start to finish to kind of get it recorded and edited and get it all put together in my bus sprout where I launch it out and then it's gone. That's awesome. What how did you start the podcast? Talk about that. What, what... The podcast started I think in the year 2018 and it's been going strong every single week since because I just really felt there was a need to help parents to help their children to be healthier. And this is where I really felt my calling in life came in was I have to teach children how to have a healthy brain because they're the next ones to lead the world and we can't have all this mental health illness going on. So if I can teach them how to manage their emotions and do it through a way where they know how to coach themselves when they learn the tools, but also to get proper nutrition in their body and know the importance of that all along the way. Now we have some really good leaders who can lead our country, who can be strong and healthy and, and you know, stand up for what we want to believe in and what's right and how to lead the world in a correct way. That's, I, I really appreciate that. That's really true. I think, um, and, and, and that connection of, you know, that, you know, it's a little bit of a cliche, but it's true that body, mind, spirit, like all those things have to be connected. They have to, they have to work. And if, you know, if one of those aspects in our lives are, are, um, not quite working quite right, no matter which one it is, whether it's, mm -hmm. it's your health or, you know, it affects everything else. It really does. And once you learn how to find the balance and you don't have to be over, you know, too obsessed about one area or the other, you know, if you're falling short somewhere, you just start to pick it up little by little until you can find that balance again. And what I was finding was a lot of parents weren't teaching 
these things in the home. They weren't really teaching the importance of exercise and getting out and moving your body. They weren't really teaching the importance of what is proper nutrition, like how should we feed our bodies? A lot of these processed foods were coming in and I just seen it. I see our kids more than ever have problems with obesity. Um, you know, they say one in three will have diabetes if they were born after the year 2000. I'm not okay with that. That's insane. <clears throat> yeah, they're not going to outlive their parents, you know, and it's going to be a, just a tough situation for them with medical bills and all kinds of appointments they're going to have to go to now because they just didn't put the attention in and care into eating the right foods and getting the exercise and getting their brain to a healthy place. So that's where I came, that's where I came in as a coach. And I said, well, we got to do something about this. And yeah, you know, I think that's so vital. We had a, uh, one of the, the things I had never really thought about, um, is how in early ages, um, we really set our bodies up for success. In other words, um, uh, you know, if, if somebody is obese when they're, when they're young, um, it's going to be a struggle their whole life. And, and not that you can't overcome it and not that you can't live a healthy life, but it's just going to be an added layer of struggle. Um, and many of those times, those, those, um, those problems are really, they're, they're, um, self-made, you know, and, and mm -hmm. either through, either through ignorance or, um, neglect, it doesn't matter. It's still the same problem. Yeah. And I like that you said we set ourselves up when we're young. That's kind of the opposite message we're getting, right? We keep thinking, well, I'm young and my body's skinny and it's healthy, so I can eat whatever I want until I have to do something about it. It's the same for people who, you know, they go to the chiropractor only when their back or their neck goes out, or, you know, you go to the dentist when you have a problem versus, how do I manage and maintain a healthy body all along the way so I don't have big problems in the future? Yeah. And if we can just kind of switch the narrative and help these kids see this is the time right now, like to yeah. make the best choices for your body as you're growing up, because your brain's not even fully developed yet. You're putting crap in your body. You're going to have crap brain. Your cells are going to be all damaged and messed up. Now you're more addicted than ever to sugar, to flour, to all these things that are causing huge dopamine hits and not balancing the blood sugar properly because you're not getting the right nutri nutrients in your body to balance it all. And I just think they don't have that education enough in school. They're told they might have a week of like a health lecture, but it's not something that's actually shown to the kids. And we know that by looking at the lunchroom. Just look at what they serve the kids in lunchrooms. Absolutely. The soda, the soda manufacturers, they have contracts with all of these high schools to have soda machines in there. So 24-7, your kids have soda at their fingertips if they want, candy bars. And we're okay with this as parents. And I don't understand why we are, because I think we've just been so accustomed to seeing it everywhere. It's just second nature now. But at, when you look at the whole picture, like disease is a business. It's a big business. And how can, how can we become more of a diseased people? Put crap in your body. Put it in the school. Start them young. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and this is one of those things that, that I think, um, well, and I, I want to go a little bit deeper because I'm, I'm just, a, I'm, listen, I'm just a crazy dumb musician. Like, <laughs> like I don't know anything about anything, but one of the, th but I like to talk to smart people and, and listen to smart people. And one of the things that blew my mind when, when I said, you know, and you talked about setting yourself up when you're young, it's not even habits or things like that. Like, um, I was listening to the, uh, dark horse podcast with, um, um, Heather and, and Brett Weinstein. And, and, you know, one of the things they mentioned is, is that 
um, there's literal DNA um, coding that gets reinforced or, or gets turned on, you know, depending on the lifestyle that we live when we're young and you can't turn those, you can't just switch those things off. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it becomes coded in our body. And, um, and that it, it really, I mean, not to be super scary, but if that's true and I'm, I'm going on their word, but if that's true, that's a scary proposition when you're having, you know, young youngsters and, and people in adolescence with their bodies changing, putting all these chemicals mm -hmm. in their bodies. I mean, who knows what the damage is doing? Yeah. And when you think about the coded DNA, I mean, we can go back further than just starting it in your childhood. This DNA could have been passed on to you from grandparents, from great grandparents, who knows, but this DNA to, to get these big um, addiction hits from something, you know, we just don't know because of all this ancestral stuff we're just now finding out is passed on through DNA too, you know, through, I mean, just our behaviors and the way we think and the way we feel a lot of that sometimes isn't even us. It's just passed on DNA, but we, we take it on. And so some kids and some people, I will say I've seen this, they're more prone to giving into binges, to giving into emotional eating because it is coded in their DNA somewhere. And if you even have an awareness of this, like this is where we need to start. We need to get to the root cause of that and fix that so you're no longer a victim to your cravings anymore. Yeah. And, and there's a lot we, that could be said about, about that. And, and, you know, if we learn very young how to manage our cravings, um, you know, I, or let me put it this way. We, we do, as you mentioned, we, we do learn very young, how to, whether we like it or not, we're going to learn very young how to manage our cravings. And if that's through, you know, getting that sugar high that later turns into a, you know, a, a you know, a, a different kind of high, um, you know, that, that that's how we're going to manage it. And it's going to be very, very difficult to change that pattern. Yeah. But that's not to say it can't be changed, right? Sure. <clears throat> It's going to take some time on the parent's part to wake up. Like, first of all, there has to be an awakening to, oh my gosh, like, what, what have I been doing? All this packaged food coming in my house. Everything's processed. Everything has MSGs and dyes. We just don't think of all of that adding up in the body to cause bigger problems with focus in school, lack of energy, not sleeping well. They're moody teens. We blame it on hormones. We blame everything on hormones. When what if it's not even that? Yeah. Like, what if it's just what we're bringing in and the emotional load these kids are exposed to, the stress they're exposed to, and all of that's playing a huge role just on their, their balances within their body. What, what have you seen um, over the last few years with the pandemic and, you know, certain people being locked in? How has that affected, you know, both nutritionally and mentally, spiritually? Like, what, have, what have, from your perspective, what have you seen? Well, mentally, I can tell you there's, um, it's the, suicide is the second leading cause of death for teens um, ages 15 to 19 since 2020. So we know for sure, like this pandemic has played a massive role on mental health for these kids. And I don't, again, I don't know why this is being talked about, but I don't know why it's not being talked about more like on the media all the time. We like, we have to save our kids. That should be our role as adults and human beings. Like we have to save the younger generation. What's going on? Got to look at all of that. And when kids got shut in, I think more than just being shut in and isolated, it was that, but it was also all of the fear that was being pushed on them. 
from the media to their parents to them. And all of that energy of fear in the body causes all kinds of imbalances within the body and in the brain. Well, and talk about a big business. There's, there's not a bigger business in the world than fear. Yeah. I mean, fear is a huge, huge business because fear will, fear will get you to do anything you want, right? Yep. So that's yep. why I always tell people, I mean, who are you following? Are they leading you in fear or are they leading you in faith? Like, what does that feel like in your body? And if it's fear, like, why are you following that? Why are you doing that thing? It's just producing more fear in you. Now, sometimes fear can be a good thing to save our life. I understand that. Like if I'm getting close to an edge of a cliff and I'm feeling a little bit of fear, I'm not going to go further, right? But there's sometimes when fear is just there, given to us, and there's no reason for it. There's no actual evidence that we need to fear. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. And I don't like that being pushed on the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our kids, because our kids, for sure. I, I really feel like they got the brunt end of this whole thing. And I feel bad for, I honestly do feel like a little bit bad for my kids having to grow up after the pandemic now, because the world's not going to go back to the same as 2019. In fact, it's probably just going to be, you know, another virus is going to come through. And now we just kind of, now you guys know what to do. You got to put on a mask. You stay home from school. Like they might play yeah. out, the scenario might play out again. Is what well, I'm it, it does remind me. I mean, um, you know, it reminds me a lot of, of the, the same sort of fears that, that we're still experiencing or still feeling the effects of from, um, you know, 9-11, you know, we're, we're still mm -hmm. see, like, like we're, we're still seeing lines at airports and we're still seeing, you know, things are, are, um, you know, are, are, um, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of, of, of overreach. Let me say it that way. And, and so these are just the consequences of, of that fear mindset. And, and this, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to turn this into a conspiratorial thing. I'm just saying that like the, the facts are is the effects of the pandemic and, and what was done to our kids are going to be felt for generations. Yeah. And there's not only like you said, overreach, there's, Overreach, but there's not outreach. Like this is what I haven't seen happen is more love and compassion for people. Like after 9-11, I felt more connected somehow to my community. I did feel like we we're all like in this together type of thing and just trying to uplift and it's okay and support and just, you just love your country. There's something about a country right there that you were just trying to build up again. But this felt different. Yeah. This felt like you're all not going to connect. We're going to put masks on you. You're going to stand six feet apart. There's no connecting. There's no connecting. Yeah. And this is this was the part of the, of the whole energetic thing I didn't like was instead of like reaching out to your neighbor and, and trying to help and seeing if they're okay, it was kind of like, nope, stay a distance, put your mask on. Well, not just stay a distance, but also point the point to, point to those who were, you know, who, who were bucking the system and, and try to... Uh, scold them back into compliance scold them back into compliance but it's hap it happens with everything right like gender it happens with race i feel like no matter what there's there's always going to be somebody trying to divide and if we're not smart enough and awake enough to see that happening and teach our kids that too then we're just gonna again we're gonna fall in line with the fear and just follow the narrative and i don't like that idea for our future leaders kids we're bringing up into the world to live that way so um, I think another aspect to this um, is the role of um, food companies. And mm -hmm. um, 
it is, and, and I won't even say just food companies, like the, the entire nutritional industrial complex is, it, 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 it's to me, from my perspective, again, a layman, crazy musician perspective, like it is very, very difficult to navigate these waters. And I don't feel like it should be like, it should be pretty clear on what we're supposed to eat and what we're supposed mm-hmm. to drink and what we're supposed to do. And yet it becomes so murky and difficult because, um, uh, and there's, there's different fads, there's different programs, there's different things, but more than that, it, it, it's as if there are, um, um, it, it's very difficult to find food that is nutritious. Even if, even, um, with the, with Monsanto and the chemicals that are being put in, into mm-hmm. our, our food that we're buying from our grocery stores, it, yeah, even an example, I, I would walk into, you know, a circle K or something, and maybe I'm a little hungry. And if I want to try to find something that is, you know, even a little bit natural, even a little bit healthy, you know, I, I, I hesitate even to grab a water bottle sometimes. Cause I'm just like, I don't know what chemicals are in this thing. It's, it's really difficult. Well, I do want to speak to that because you can't get away from it. Totally. There's just no way. And especially if you're on the road traveling and you're stopped at a gas station and you're hungry and everyone's got to eat somewhere or something, you just have to make the best decision you know how. So in the case of a gas station, I'm looking at where's the boiled eggs, where's the fruit and any kind of vegetables. They usually have a piece of fruit there, Um, even though it's not organic, even though it's not pasture raised, I get it. Um, Where's the jerky? I have to start looking for things in their most natural form the string cheese, maybe some yogurt. You know what I mean? Making the lesser of the two evils. I'm trying to make the better choice in that situation. And that's just something parents aren't educated on either is reading labels and just knowing how to pick the better of the two because the food industry, the sugar industry is very, very powerful. They have a lot of money. And even though the World Health Organization, who is in charge of global health standards for the world, wants to do the right thing, these food industries and these sugar industries, I'm not saying they always want to do the right thing, but these food industries and these sugar industries come into play with their money and say, hey, you can't, you can't put this law into practice or whatever, because if you do, we withhold our millions of dollars, our contribution to you as the World Health Organization. So you can't say that or do that. So money is, it speaks, it's power. And that's what our world is running on. There, it's not, there's not a care for, is this the best thing to put in my body? There's none of that going on. It's who's got the deepest pockets, who can put their products out there, and then who can slap a label on it that says heart health or something to make right. somebody buy it, right? Fat free. Fat free, <laughs> cholesterol free, you know, whatever. Yeah. They'll slap whatever on that thing. So that is why it is crucial to teach kids and adults how to read labels. What am I looking for in a label? What are the different sweeteners that are added into this thing besides sugar even? You know, what are the what are the macros? What does that even mean? So even just teaching people those things versus just the calorie count, because they know that. I mean, that's been pushed, the calorie count and don't eat fat, right? Right, so right. You know that, which was all wrong anyway. But they <laughs> haven't been taught the right well, way to read a label. See- and that's, and that's my point. Like, like it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint a date, but it seems like, I don't know, 60s, 70s, 80s, somewhere in that kind of relative time frame. like there was a major shift in, in what the um, experts said were important to eat. You know, before that we, we ate a lot of meat, a lot of fat, um, 
You know, we ate, we ate some vegetables, but more, and I think more importantly, we weren't eating six to eight times a day. We didn't yeah. have, we, we weren't eating so much so often. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? I can, and, because yeah. um, in the seventies, if you look back at pictures of people, even on a beach or whatever, there's no overweight people. So you're right. We were eating more of a whole foods diet, but in the fifties is when they actually started hybridizing that wheat and start to spray it with glyphosate so they can grow it shorter so they can feed the world. And this was because what would happen is when natural wheat would grow, it would grow super tall. Um, some of the stalks would break off and then it would go to waste. And they said, well, we can't have this going to waste when we have so many people starving. We have to find a way to grow this wheat really short and produce more. So they learned that by spraying it, over and over again. It can fend off the weeds, but also just grow short, yield a lot. They've genetically modified this now um, to grow a lot, to feed the world. And over time, now that, that, that whole thing took some time until it really came into population in the public, right? So by the, that was starting in the 50s, but in the 70s, we still had pretty healthy looking people. And in the 80s, um, you know what happened in my childhood? I was born in 81. Okay. So in my childhood time frame, this is when products started coming to the market. Like I started seeing a lot more tuna helper stuff, hamburger helper, right. onion soup, can, cream of chicken soup, all this canned extra processed stuff. And this is what our parents thought was best to feed us in the 80s. So this is kind of, I want to say like in the 80s is really where we started to go wrong okay. for some reason. Like there was always some health, some some convenience foods in the 50s and 60s, but in the 80s, like that was mainstream. We had the Pop-Tarts now. We had the, you know, toaster strudels, your boxes of cereal. Everything was coming in big and hard. Yeah. And so by the 90s, like this was the main way to eat was this way. And, and, and we've just gradually and quickly gotten bigger and bigger and less healthy and, and more doctors had to come on the scene. And now that's a big market and medications and pharmaceutical, you know what I mean? It's this whole thing now seems like a business because if you can trace it back to the food, put because they can now sell a lot of the wheat. That is one huge thing we grow. Wheat, corn, and soy. Those are our biggest three right there, all heavily sprayed. In fact, farmers will tell you that they spray that soy plant, you know, five times before it even goes to market. So by the time it gets to us, it's been sprayed five times. And when we eat it, our body just can't assimilate it. And so this is why a lot of people might have brain fog, fatigue during the day, lack, you know, lack of energy. They just can't get going. And it's because of the things in their diet. See, and I think that's, I think that's a really important point is, is that the food that and I, I don't want to get, and I want to get to some solutions here in a second now, because I, you know, I don't like just downer programs, but, right. but I think it's important to wake people up and like the food that we're eating is fundamentally different than it was 40, 50 years ago. A hundred percent. Yeah. If that's why I'm totally all about, let's go back to what were our great, great grandparents eating? Cause sometimes it's not our grandparents now, right? Yeah. It's our great grandparents, our great, great grandparents. What were they eating? What was their diet like? I can tell you right now, it wasn't a bunch of boxed stuff. Well, oh yeah. And that's, see, to me, that's, that's interesting. And, and, you know, I, I, it's so, I mean, this is one of those things that like, it's a hard truth that people don't want to hear, but it is the truth and that, that we have sacrificed our health for, to the God of, of convenience. Yeah. And now we're just being pushed. You know what? Now, instead of eating meat, we want to push plant meat on you. Yeah. This isn't even real, this isn't even real meat and, and insect meat or whatever you're doing now, right? 
like all this other stuff is now you're going to see this become big and popular now. Yeah. Um, you just keep, you have to keep your eye open because you're going to see the food industry change to a narrative that they want you to take on and do. And that, that, that feels good to them. And they want you to feel good about it too, because that's what they can produce a lot of and sell you. And again, if we've just seen more and more people get sicker and sicker and sicker, and these bills are stacking up, this is a business. Yep. So why are we falling for it? That's my question. Like, why don't, why not just go back to what did your great, great grandma eat? What was she eating? And and I, and I want to say this too, because again, I think it is one of those kind of harder truths that, 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 you know, that needs to be said because it goes unsaid a lot. And the, the care and the time it takes to prepare natural, whole, good food is much different than the convenience food. And, and that might mean sacrifice of, of, you know, other things that we might enjoy in order to make sure that we're healthy. And I'm not saying it has to be hard well, or long, but I mean, you bring up a really good point when you say that. And it makes me think about even the, the society we live in with business, right? Mm-hmm, right? Let's get the people working harder and longer hours. They're all consumers. Getting paid less, right? Like we feel like we have to take on two jobs. It's no more I, that you have the time to where the wife stays home and the husband just goes out. Like you need two incomes pretty much now, right? To kind of sustain your family and live. This was not the way it was in great grandma's day. This was not how it was. So grandma did actually have time to sit and prepare a nice meal. So I want to just, I want to give thought to families who actually need it to be convenient because they just don't have the time with the way things cost and the way things are in our society right now, just to even buy a house. That's right. right. This is a different time we live in than great, great grandma. And I want to recognize that. So what we need to do is find the solution to that. How do we eat healthy? How do we eat organic? How do we afford it? How do we make it convenient? If we can tick all of those boxes within the day and age we live in, that's that's what we got to do. Right. Those are the and, people we need to bring on to ch- fix those problems. So and 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 in our culture there's a there's a concept that I that I love which is the idea of, you know, and the idea of good better best. Um, and you mentioned that in a couple of times that, that kind of like do the best you can with what you got kind of idea, mm-hmm. but, but maybe talk about a little bit like, um, good, better, best. What, what are some things that, that we can do today? What, what, what are maybe some, I don't know, top three, top five tips that, that maybe are simple. Cause that's the other thing that I do believe that number one, our bodies are resilient. Like we were created in, in such a way that, that magically miraculously we can take on a lot of chemicals and we could take on it's not great for us but but we are pretty resilient as as long as we give our body time Mm. to to heal and number two i think that a small that you can get maybe you can't get 100 percent of the way there but maybe you can get 75 or 80 percent of the way there with small and simple things um and so i'm curious if if that rings true to you and and what might those small and simple things be Well, I really think, I'm going to go straight to the best, okay? Because I really think once a parent can pre-think things out, then it becomes super convenient. And that's the best in my opinion. So if I can sit down on a weekend and look at my my week coming up and my menu, like what foods do I want to feed my family this week? This only takes me 30 minutes tops to come up with the meals I want and go into my Fry's app, if that's where I'm shopping, because I'm also going to get my gas points there, 
go into my fries app and just start to put the things in my cart that I want to feed my family that are as nutrient dense as I can afford at the time. Then I've saved me time and money by not even going into the store. So that's a saver right there. And I think that's the best. And then I got, you know, I got maybe 20 cents off per gallon. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. At the pump. So we're trying to think of how do we make this easy and convenient and make this the best. But now I don't have to think about this come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. I know what I'm feeding my family. I've got all the ingredients in my fridge. I don't have to run and have fast food. Now, good would be, let me try to find the healthiest fast food there is out there. And that's hard because a lot of these food places, even your beloved Chipotle and Cafe Rio, they are going to serve up um, your food in seed oils that are highly inflammatory. And I, I mean, I hate to even say that because you love it so much, but this is this would be just the good category if we're choosing that over a McDonald's hamburger well, and fries, right? And, and also, like even those places, uh, you, you get the sweet pork, what do you think they're sweetening that with? You know, yeah, there's a right. lot of sugar in, in, in and I think sugar is like the deadliest thing. Um, it, it, you know, it is for me. Like I, I know, like that, that I got a sweet sugar tooth, man. <laughs> right? Like sugar was always meant to be on the cane, and you just chewed it on the cane, and that tastes really amazing. Um, but now it's highly processed and refined, and it turned into corn syrup and all this other stuff that they can make now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. So there's all these other sweeteners and dyes and things that come into this, but we're trying to choose like if I'm going to eat out. What's the better choice? Am I going to have this this 99 cent hamburger or am I going to like try to get some quality food in my body from a restaurant? And then the best would be um, how many times am I doing that per week? Can I cut that down to just going out once a week and do all the rest home cooked meals? You know, and then you the best best, like I said, would be just to have it convenient for yourself. Take some time to prep your food on the weekend if you're gonna if you want it super convenient, container it all and it's grab and go. If not, then just make your menu for the week. Get your groceries, go pick them up, you're there, you're done. You make it so easy on yourself that you don't have to have make that choice of going and getting pizza, you know, two or three times a week. I'm not yeah. saying you can't have a fun night out. I'm just saying, how often is this happening? Right. Um, can you speak a little bit to the importance and the role that um, local farmers, um, meat producers, um, farmers markets, those kind of things can can play in our, um, you know, right now? Um, yeah. How is that helpful or, or what can you do? We need this. We need more farmers. We need more people just learning how to backyard garden with whatever space they have. So even just learning how to grow a head of lettuce or, or some root vegetables or something, learning how to do just one thing, just find a spot in your yard and just start playing around and figuring out soil, figuring out pH, figuring out organic, all figuring out compost. Like if every person was doing that, right, we'd have some people who have a skill now to even grow food. But we need these farmers. And they're few and far between, but they are doing their very best to produce as much as they can. And you can find them at farmers markets. And since you bring up the farmers market, I will just put a plug in here that I am part of a farmers market. In fact, I manage the vendors now for the farmers market that is on, it's between Gilbert and Cooper on Warner Road, the fourth Saturday of every month. Fantastic. Except for, the, except for the summer months. So within our market, and if you've ever been to the Gilbert Farmer's Market or any farmer's market, you're going to see a rancher there who's going to have grass-fed beef. 
because that is something now that that people who go to farmers markets that's why they go they're looking for a farmer who's who's producing beef that's pretty much 100% grass fed yeah grass finished that's what they want so when you get people like that in there now you get the farms in there that are growing organic too because these are the kinds of people going to farmers market who want the quality good food for their body so you're going to have the organic farmers there can have the beef jerky guy there who's trying to use very little processed ingredients at all on his products. You're going to have the dog treat people there who are trying to make organic dog food and dog treats. Love so it. now you've got that there. So now you've, you're bringing in this whole tribe of people who have a same and common belief to feed the people healthy whole foods in their most raw, purest form. That's where you need to be grocery shopping as often as you are able to do that. Will it cost you a little bit more? Yes, that's been my experience, that it does cost you more. But what it doesn't cost you more is medical bills in the end. It doesn't cost you more in disease in the end. That's why if we can really put our money into these companies, these farmers that are doing the best they can to feed the world the correct way, that's where we need to be supporting people. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And, and let me add one other thing and, and you kind of touched on it there at the end is, is that like it is by, by doing that and, and going locally, you are starving that nutritional industrial complex mm -hmm. and, and you are, you're giving your support, um, you know, to something that's way more. And I, this is such a buzzword. I kind of hate it, but it is true that it is way more sustainable to have local people helping local people. Um, oh. Those and, are going to be your tribe in the last days. I promise you. These yeah. are the people you want to get to know. It's farmers and the people who know how to get you what you need and want. And it's important to get to know these people and you can know them and you can, you know, um, you know have a relationship with them. And that, that makes all the difference in the world. Oh, absolutely. So what I do is I'm a member of the Weston A. Price Foundation. So that is a foundation. Weston A. Price was a dentist in the 30s who would go around to different tribal communities around the world. And he'd say, oh my gosh, why are they so healthy? They're a white, the whites of their eyes are so bright and their teeth are perfect. They're not crooked. Why are we so crooked? And they're not. And they just found that they were eating these nutrient dense whole foods. And so this, this whole foundation is all about going back to your roots. And if you go to westonaprice.org, what they have in everybody's state is a chapter leader in everyone's city even where you find that chapter leader and they have just a list and list of this is where you find your farmer. Here's a whole list of the farmers in your area. Here's who's selling raw milk. Here's who's selling raw cheese. Here's who's selling soap, right? Who, whatever is the natural organic stuff, they've just got a whole list for you in your particular city all over the United States um, of where to find these people. So you just have to know who to ask and where to go to find these things out. Is there a place, and, and if so, can you send me a link that I'll put in the show notes that, that anybody around the country can, can click on it and, and find? Where the do you do we have a link or a way to, yeah, to find it's that? It's westonaprice.org. Okay. Yep. Great. Go I'll there. And then from there, everyone will see a place where they can find find your chapter leader. And you'll find a chapter leader within your state and within your city. And That's those are the best communities to to join up with because they're going to help you find real good whole foods, bone broth, fermented foods. All of these things are what our gut needs, are what our teeth need, what our blood vessels need in order to thrive and just to feel the best. So that's, that's tremendous. Really that That's mm -hmm. really useful and helpful. Um, okay. So I also know you have another uh, 
project going on with the um, with children and and kids and and mm. it's, and more of a um, a mindset, which I think is again, you know, is that 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 triunion of you know spirit, mind, body. Um, it's so so vi- so vital. What is um, what are you doing and 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 what are you trying to accomplish with your six week six week course? Okay. Yes. Thank you. This is a six week mindset course for kids ages eight to 18. So I'm always running these courses, um, sometimes at my home, most of the time online, because a lot of people live far enough away from me that they just want to get the information. So this is six weeks for kids ages eight to 18, where I teach them a basic introduction to mindset so they can understand what mindset and the power of our thoughts and beliefs are to help us establish a growth mindset instead of a fixed one. I I gradually bring them into a growth mindset to help them understand the importance of effort and perseverance in the world um, so that they know their role of failure and learning from growth and just embracing challenges there. Then I get into some positive self-talk with them. So week three is all about identifying the negative self-talk and how it's impacting our thoughts and behavior. And then I teach them strategies for promoting positive self-talk. That's that's something that I see teenagers are just always down on themselves. They're so negative. So teaching the positive self-talk. And then I go into some mindfulness and self-awareness and help them understand the benefits of mental health, maybe creating a mental health practice where they might be doing some meditation, some journaling, self-reflection, maybe some EFT tapping, breathing exercises. And then I like to go in and teach gratitude and appreciation. So helping teens and kids understand the impact that gratitude has on their well-being and just the power of gratitude in general, just on creating positive thoughts. It's really helpful for, for kids and teens. And then lastly, I teach them how to celebrate their strengths and accomplishments, um, just to recognize themselves. You know, when they do something and they worked really hard to celebrate it and to be happy for themselves. And it's okay to do that. Just keep, keep setting goals and stay on the path of goal setting and the healthy path that leads to a healthy brain and body for life. So that's the six weeks in a nutshell of what I like to teach kids during that time. That's very cool and so needed, um, especially as we are learning to, um, again, navigate through a new world post-pandemic. I think mm-hmm. these these skills are just going to be invaluable for for so many people. Invaluable, valuable, very valuable. I don't think invaluable, invaluable. is yes. a bad word. Valuable. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. Again, crazy musician alert right here. Right. <laughs> anyway, crazy musicians aren't like so crazy. They they kind of have this amazing brain, right? That you just need to nurture in its own way and just keep building that that up. It's it's true. It's true. We do think in a very different way. Um, but I am very, very, very excited to have had you on. We're talking to Heather Mitchell. She is the host of the Healthy Families Rule podcast. Mm-hmm. She is a life coach. She is a nutrition coach. And she's running and she's also a farmer's market expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm learning all about that. I'm learning brand new about to that. It. All right. Well, you're, you're one step ahead of me, which makes you an expert. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and very happy i hope i hope you come back on i hope you had enough fun that you'll come back on the show oh, i'd love to have absolutely i mean i love coming on podcasts and just educating people with this stuff because this is what we need to be pushing in the world more it's just more positivity you're just bombarded with so much negative if we can just teach our kids teach ourselves how to have positive self-talk and that's really going to be helpful for a lot of the world right now Absolutely. Heather Mitchell, thanks for being on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. My pleasure.
You are listening to And If Love Remains. installments requested by Dr. Levitt. We're trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down. 